Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perry Rizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And we finally made it to the section about self-writing. So as we had prior to this, we create silence, maybe choose a space we can turn to consistently. We have some questions in our minds, maybe some that I offered at the end of that last episode. And now is the time to practice some self-writing. Of course, you can practice self-writing in other contexts as well, but I do think self-writing requires silence and is definitely fueled by questions. And almost, I think, to an extent, we might say that whenever we turn to write, it's a result of a question. Now, whether or not we articulate that question consciously, right, I think questions are everywhere. That's sort of how I view things. But when we turn to the page to write, Again, we might be consciously even writing a question at the top of the page. We might write questions throughout. As I was reflecting on what I wanted to share today, I realized that my daily self-writing practice very rarely actually involves me writing questions. But as I read some entries and as I think about my entries, I'm pretty much answering a question every day and multiple questions. Right, Because a lot of my writing will focus on things like trying to figure out what should I focus on for the day? What am I thinking? What am I feeling right now in this moment? How do I want the rest of my day to go? What are my highest purposes? What should I work on cultivating? Right, So even if it's not articulated, although I do think, again, having some articulated questions in your writing or in your mind can be really helpful, the self-writing is similar in this sense or similar to the questions as we had yesterday and and to the silence in the sense that it's helping us shape ourselves know ourselves and care for ourselves of course right as a philosophical exercise it's going to serve all those purposes i think really nicely so let's get a little bit more on why writing and self-writing in this way is important why it's useful and why you might want to consider it so as i i think i've shared this at least four times already but i love this quote from michel foucault's ethics where he says that in the ancient world, self-writing was a weapon in spiritual combat. So in ancient philosophy, right, they were very, very fond of using different metaphors. Sometimes philosophy was combat. Sometimes there might have been, there are a number of examples, right, of athletic comparisons. But it's this idea that, I mean, I think we can all relate to this, right? At times, what we're dealing with in our own minds, and our own souls, seems very, let's say, cacophonous, or it seems like it's disorganized. It seems like we're in conflict with ourselves. And those are real things, right? Thousands of years ago, people were going through similar stuff. Like, yeah, this is, we need something to figure this out, right? We need tools, we need techniques, we need strategies to deal with this idea that our thinking can be so disorganized. And once again, as we've said many times, right, Marcus Aurelius wrote the meditations as a way of winnowing his thoughts, as a way of answering questions that I think were, you know, he returns to certain topics so many times, it's almost impossible to say that certain questions weren't burning inside him, right? How to be a leader. He talks, you know, multiple times about serving the human community. He was emperor. That was really important to him. Not letting himself be bothered by the small externals of life that bother us all. Like that was something he wanted to create a greater sense of internal peace about. So you see that come up again and again, right? A lot of the writing was happening towards the end of his life when he was sick. He's grappling with his mortality. So the self-writing really is a weapon. 
is one way we might be able to view it if that if that works for us right in this sort of eternal human struggle for you know for virtue for peace for justice for wisdom for courage for discipline and balance for joy right because all those things at times will be attacked by externals and by internals so we need maybe a strategy that can help us in a few ways right so let's let's get into now how self-writing can be really helpful right so we have this idea of it is a weapon well what exactly does it do right so i want to share a few ideas let's go first to stillness is the key by ryan holiday which you know i think he's a great example of a modern stoic i enjoyed reading and listening to this book i actually listened to it and then bought it that's how much i liked it and he about self-writing he says putting your own thinking down on paper lets you see it from a distance it gives you objectivity that is so often missing when anxiety and fears and frustrations flood your mind. So it's even goes to the idea, and I love this, of flooding the mind, right? Winnowing the thoughts, flooding the mind, these are interesting sort of similar metaphors here. Right, when your mind feels flooded, you have to get the thoughts on paper. And I've always gotten this number wrong in the past, and I've heard different numbers on this, but ultimately we're having thousands of thoughts a day. No matter where that number is, I've heard recently around 10,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot on average. That can feel like a flood. So something I've noticed with myself writing in terms of this metaphor is I sometimes wake up and my thoughts just are all, all over the place, right? Even just the simple process of picking up a pen, grabbing a notebook and sitting down and with discipline kind of forcing myself to start writing, just a date even. Just as I said, I have a little mantras that I write. We talked about it a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago, I think. Just that process slows everything down. Even today when I was writing, I felt like I was my attention was being pushed and pulled towards checking emails, pushed and pulled towards even you know thinking about and recording this podcast. But the writing is a physical, it's somatic, right? So you're actually making yourself do a physical thing. And in choosing that, you're deliberately choosing to not do a bunch of other things. That's really important because that's you learning how to pause the flood. And we need to be able to do that. So the process of sitting down and writing is a powerful way to ground our thinking and ground ourselves and ground our attention, which is a word we'll come up, uh, that'll come up again, we'll come across it in a second with another idea from Eric Weiner who came up yesterday, right? So to stop the flood, sometimes it's very difficult when we're just thinking about our thoughts. Like metacognition isn't enough sometimes. You have to get out of your head and ask your body to do something. Sitting down to write or even, of course, standing up and writing. You're looking at a physical thing and the physicalness of it, I think, can be really helpful in stopping the flood. So that's really important, I think, one. right? And two, this idea that it grants us, it gives us objectivity, gives us clarity. We can examine our anxieties, we can examine our fears, we can examine our frustrations, as a school of life suggested we did a few episodes ago. Now, when we put it on paper, as I just said a moment ago, for Eric Weiner, right, he says, thoughts committed to paper represent a record of our mind at its most attentive. So he's saying here that writing heightens our ability to offer our attention. That's key. And I really believe this and I've felt this and I feel this very consistently when I practice my self-writing. It's going to help you pay attention to the right things. This is not verbatim, but Marcus Aurelius you know, told him, you know, wrote to himself, right? As you think, so shall you become, right? Or as you think, so your life will be. 
our thoughts influence our lives. I think that's very clear, right? So we have to pay attention to the right thoughts. What we pay attention to grows. So the writing is a great way to do that. How does it do that? Another piece we're going to talk about for a second, a book by Walter J. Ong called Orality and Literacy. He says, quote, writing can heighten consciousness. To live and understand fully, we not only need proximity, but also distance. Writing provides for consciousness as nothing else does. We're looking down at what we write. That's the distance right there. When the Stoics talk so much about certain practices of imagination, right? When they're saying, look down at the world as if you're an eagle flying above it, or as if you're on Mount Olympus, or as if you're at the top of a mountain, that's so we can shift our perspective and see things differently and feel things differently, understand things differently. That's what writing does as well. The downward gaze is a powerful one. Again, it's an advantageous position to do the spiritual combat. I think I may have said this already a few times, right? The general wants, the good general wants the higher ground so they can see the enemy, right? They can make plans more effectively. They're not fighting uphill, right? Which the enemy would have to in that case, and that's gonna slow them down. So you wanna slow the flood down? You wanna get your negative thoughts fighting uphill? You have to change your perspective on them. Right? This is really, I think, an interesting collection of ideas about attention, about pause, which is really important, learning how to take a pause when we self-write. <laughs> and the thing about it is, too, you know, again, my hope for this is that we adopt this as a daily practice. Well, the idea behind that would be that we start integrating these virtuous activities into a life <clears throat> such that we have these shifts in gaze, these applications of attention and these pauses more consistently, right? Writing should help us in our thinking and it will. Okay. Thinking and writing kind of naturally work together, I think. And then when we have our notebook, and this is a great idea from Foucault, right? The self-writing and the notebook kind of, you know, provides us with a companion. You have a place to turn to when you have negative thoughts, when you feel flooded, you have a practice that you can rely on. Right, So self-writing becomes something that we can take with us everywhere we go. It can become something that on a consistent basis allows us to create these pauses for a more peaceful and a more clear thought life. Right, There are studies that demonstrate that even just like I think it was six minutes to 15 minutes a day with some self-writing that's guided, that has silence, that we kind of have some type of strategy about right? Just even six minutes a day can really give us some incredible emotional benefits, right? So here are some strategies, and I've already mentioned a couple in the last episodes, I think, because I've tried to sort of weave the self-writing in throughout the podcast, right, um, that we might want to implement. So we've talked one about many times the Epictetus daily planner, right? What you want to do, the ideas that will guide you at the end, reflect, how did you fail? How did you make progress? That's one. A second one I think we talked about recently, but I want to reiterate, is make a to-do list, similar to what Epictetus said, but also make a got-done list. And don't just let it be <clears throat> the tasks. Once again, as Epictetus would say, I think, fill out the tasks. Why were they important? How did you execute them? And that's sort of like a self-congratulations. 
right? As we've said many times, I think about confidence being very important. Have a self-writing practice that encourages confidence or courage and the other four stoic virtues. Maybe take yesterday's example with the questions. I offered a few at the end of that episode. Try doing a question a day. Take 15 minutes, make some silence. Or even take 10 minutes and maybe integrate some of what tomorrow might offer with our primitive reading episode and address one of those questions each day. Choose one question and address it every day for a few days in a row. Open up the book, write the date, write the question, write about it. Maybe you want to develop one specific virtue. Let's take courage for an example, right? Track that virtue as you develop it over a few days. I think a really popular one, this is a little bit of a cliche at this point, doesn't mean it's not powerful, that it can't be useful though. Gratitude. Every day write something you're grateful for. Right? As Epictetus says, right? You want to lead a happier life? Well, gratitude's a pathway to do that. Another one, I call this one the vent. Start making your notebook a place to get rid of some of your negative thoughts. And maybe examine them to check for truthfulness, to check for helpfulness. And maybe don't. Right? I think, especially with writing, and this is something I've really experienced, just getting it out of your head onto the page can feel very therapeutic. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes that'll give you enough of a relief. Maybe you can return to it another day. A great part of the writing too is it helps you remember stuff, right? So you can go back. We don't always have to examine. If you're too tired or you're too exhausted or you feel like too much of an examination of the thoughts might perpetuate them, get it out of your head, close a notebook, walk away. There's also another sort of powerful element of this that when you close the notebook, it's sort of a physical embodiment that sometimes becomes a spiritual embodiment that you're done with those thoughts for the day. So the vent might be at the beginning of the day, might be at the beginning of the week, or it might be at the end of the week to get rid of some stuff and then start the new week fresh. But there is something I think therapeutic about that. And I, you know, I think it's even reminiscent of certain suggestions that, um, you know, come, that might come from like even psychology, right? Write something down, put it away somewhere. And that's, that's it. When, when the piece of paper is in the box or in the drawer or the notebook's closed, you're not going to think about it anymore. You make a, a commitment to yourself and you make a promise to yourself and you try to abide by that, right? Epictetus would say, you know, make laws for yourself and stick to them and act like it would be sinful in, in a powerful sense, right? It'd be really bad to violate those laws that you've made for yourself, but we need to make laws for ourselves. So the vent is a great idea, I think. Maybe you use a notebook, maybe you use post-its and you put the post-its somewhere and you say, look, and when that post-it is in that drawer, I'm not thinking about this. And the thoughts will creep up, but when they do, you remind yourself that I don't have the post-it in front of me right now, or my notebook's closed. I'm not going to address that. I'm leaving that activity, that mental activity for a specific physical space. It's closed right now. Right? So we have a, maybe an idea about the vent and then some different strategies that uh, connect to writing nicely, I think, with that as well. Maybe also, and I think this is a great way if you're overwhelmed right now by a few things in life, maybe take a piece of like a, of copy paper, like an eight by 11, or maybe one page in a notebook. And I call, like, I call this a one sheet and I do this a lot as well, right? You're maybe facing a singular problem in life or maybe you're generally overwhelmed. Get it all onto one page and limit yourself to that page. There's freedom in that limitation. 
And it's kind of similar. It's why I mentioned it now. It's kind of similar to the vent in a way, but it's more organized than that. So the self-writing too, I want, I want to be clear in regards to it being organized, right? The intention here is to know and shape and care for ourselves and to grow. So it shouldn't necessarily only be venting, right? Or it shouldn't necessarily only be an account of like what you do day in, day out. Those are good starting points, I think, for certain strategies, but something else has to come of that, right? And so ultimately, of course, the aim would be new behaviors, new understandings of yourself, new ways of seeing yourself through the care, right? So you carry yourself differently, you act differently in the world, and you feel differently when you're doing that. But we don't want it to be done, let's say, simply, again, as an account of what you did every day. The account has to be reflected upon to see, as Epictetus would suggest, I think, what are the virtues I'm cultivating? What are the, let's say to use some language from the ancient uh, philosophical world a little bit, right? What are the passions that are conquering me, right? Is it anger? Is it impatience? We have to kind of, and this is very much an idea Foucault loves to talk about, we have to inspect ourselves. So it can't just be a hollow accounting of what happens, or even I would say it can't just be an accounting of how we felt or what we thought. There have to be other sort of, and I mean this word neutrally, they could be positive or negative, right? There have to be other judgments happening. And I think another key element of the self-writing is uh, very much in the sense of almost like a philosophical to-do list, right? We have to sort of grapple with the past, present, and future when we write. Maybe not every day, right? Because one other writing exercise I'll suggest right now that it came up organically is to sit with a memory. Sit with a meaningful memory. Any memory that you've had, I think, for more than 18 months is, you know, if it, if it sticks with you and there's negativity there, we should address it. it. It's influencing you in ways that are likely consciously negative, but also might even be subconsciously impacting you, right? So if you can articulate a memory, you have to revisit it. And I think a great piece of, uh, of writing from a school of life would suggest that you have to repatriate. You have to leave the memory where it was such that it's no longer impacting your daily life, right? So sit, sit with a memory is a great writing exercise that you might do a little more episodically, right? Which is to say, and of course, that's not necessarily the case, but maybe, you know what, this week I really want to try to write about this memory that's bothering me. Or I want to write about this memory that I know maybe I can learn something from that I'm ignoring. Or maybe, you know what, I want to sit for a half hour today and just really address this, put, put it at the top of the page. Here's describe the memory, put some questions, and then try to answer those questions. How does it memory influence me today? Why might it be important? Who am I now? Who was I then? How are, you know, how are those things different? How might I deal with this memory in the healthiest way possible? What might I learn from it? Great for self-writing because of the attentiveness, because of the care, because of the distance that we take when we write or that we get when we write. And on that note too, right, you might want to sit and paint a picture of your future self in a writing exercise. Who should I be a year from now, I think was one of the questions I presented. You could answer that a little bit every day in your self-writing. And you can ground it in the present, right? A year from now, damn, a year from now, I want to be more confident. A year from now, I want to be having healthy relationships with my family. Well, every day, write about that a little bit. Today, I will. Today, I am. That hopefully, if you succeed, right, you write at the end of the day, today, I did. You're grounded. You're also gathering evidence. That's a great, I think, and tremendously powerful element of this too. You're gathering evidence of what's important to you. You're gathering evidence of what you pay attention to. And you're holding yourself accountable because you can go back, you can read. And each day you're testing yourself a little bit when you write. 
So I hope these few suggestions that I've sort of hopefully effectively woven into a conversation about the virtues of self-writing have been helpful and might be useful. If you're interested in learning more about self-writing uh, and you want more suggestions, I want to try to keep the episodes around. I'm already over 15 minutes here and I apologize. I want to keep the episodes a little bit short. If you're interested in learning more about this, email shotofphilosophy at gmail and I'll send you a book for free. I use the book with my students. It's kind of just a self-writing guide that I made that students seem to enjoy. So if you're interested in learning more, look at that. Take a look at some of Ryan Holiday's work. He talks about self-writing a lot. And uh, yeah, email me at shotofphilosophy at gmail and I'll email you the book that I wrote and hopefully it might be helpful. So start self-writing. I hope today was convincing. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you soon.